Yo, yo, yo. Episode 9, Counter Currents DC, live from the DC Draft House Satellite USS Enterprise Room. We're doing it fucking live tonight. I'm your host, Petey Steele. And I'm your host, Elena Torres. Welcome. And the room he's talking about is the very, very fancy conference room that we are sitting in today with our very special guest, Mr. Kevin Titt. Hey, what's up? <laughs> for those of you that don't know Kevin, he's a really great comedian here in town. He's been performing for a long time, making people laugh all over the DMV area, and you have a particularly interesting story, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I've only heard bits and pieces. It's funny, you know. You and I have definitely been cool since you've arrived, but I don't think I've ever gotten any more than kind of the bare essentials. I know, like, you're from Hawaii, correct? Yep. All right. So born and raised? Yep. Holy shit. Uh So when it comes to Hawaii, were you like a surfer dude or – no. no, not at all. Not at not all, surf. huh? Nope, not a water guy. Okay, and and why not? Just couldn't swim or? Couldn't freak me out. I had a lot of weird anxiety, mental stuff. Okay. And uh, just the thought of the ocean. Like, I used to get sucked out a bunch when I was a kid growing up. Right. And it just freaked me out, and I never wanted to get sucked out in the sea again. Good, because you look like a surfer, you know? You got all the tattoos and the wild hair going out and everything. I skateboarded. Okay. No water. All right. Yeah. See, I'm more scared of skateboarding than I am surfing. Uh, I'm scared of skateboarding, too. Okay. Yeah, I don't do all the crazy stuff because I don't want to get hurt. So you never did no Tony Hawk type shit? When I was younger, I would try to do a lot more stuff. But then the older I got, the more afraid I would be of breaking a bone and stuff. Uh Uh-huh. And that's a mental block you can't have if you're going to skate. So I just kind of stopped doing it. As intensely. So, yo, tell these fucking pussies that listen to our podcast and that perform comedy around the DMV that comedy's really not that scary an undertaking, right? When it comes to, like, skateboards and surfboards and uh, waves and water and shit. Oh, yeah. It's, you don't get hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's all mental. Comedy is just a, you got to get over the fear of standing in front of strangers, but skateboarding, you got to get over. Fear of breaking fear your of face. Breaking, yeah. Well, and, you know, comedy might break your heart, but not yeah. your face. Yeah, but you could still walk the next day. So you you also have a history, or you're still in punk rock, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Did that start in Hawaii? Did that start here? Yeah, I started playing music back when I was in Germany in the eighth grade. I got a bass, and then I was, must have been like 13. I'm 29 now, so I've just been doing it since then. So, but wait, wait, back it up. Germany. So yes. you haven't. So you weren't like born and raised the whole time in Hawaii. Was Both my parents met in the Air Force in Hawaii. Had okay. me. Then I moved to Texas. Then we moved back to Hawaii. Then we moved to Germany, and then we moved back to Hawaii. Oh, okay. So most of my life has been in Hawaii. Oh, okay. There was six years where I grew up in Germany and Texas. And was there a lot of punk rock going on in Germany? And is that was that the first stuff you got into, or were you just interested in the guitar itself and punk happened later? It was a weird r- I got into, like, uh, through skateboarding games, I got into, like, punk vans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, there's a whole generation of kids who grew up on Tony Hawk soundtrack and got into a ton of music through Tony Hawk games and old skateboarding games. Yeah, I remember the, I on Nintendo 64, the Tony Hawk yep, game. The That's soundtrack. Yeah. Everyone loved those bands. That's Goldfinger, true. Goldfinger, Suicidal Tendencies. That's you true. Know, all that stuff. 
No effects, yeah. I think. I don't know if they, they might have had they a song have? I don't there. know. I'm not, yeah. I'm not super but versed in that's punk. That's one of the bands that everyone always brings up when they think punk. It's like, oh, yeah, no effects, Rancid, Ramones, right. Clay, yeah. Misfits. And how do you think your punk rock affects your comedy? Do you think it helps? Do you think it affects your style? I don't know. Probably, because <laughs> I just... The only reason I ever started doing comedy is because I was playing bands all the time back in Hawaii, and this dude who ran an improv troupe was throwing a stand-up show, and he asked me to do it, and I didn't care. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll get on the stage and just talk shit for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And I did it once, and it went well, and then I just kept doing it ever since, and it did not go well for a long time after (laughs) that. that. That'll happen. Yep. I don't remember, though, you having a particularly strugglesome beginning of comedy since you've arrived here. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd been doing it like two, no, three years before I moved out here. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so you were whack then, you think? Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. When I moved out to D.C., I had to step it up a ton. Okay. Comedy out here is way stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even look for places when I was down in Hawaii. I went about five years ago for a destination wedding. And we were there for a week because I'm not going there for two days or nothing. Yeah, makes sense. And I was like, yeah, I'll do some mics or whatever. But then I got out there and I seen what was around. And I'll tell you the truth. I didn't catch, like, even a comic vibe when I was walking around. Everybody was too busy, like, eating pineapples, catching sun, and fucking looking at women and stuff. I didn't really feel like people needed anything more than vitamin D to smile, so why would they try jokes, you know? comedy is way different than comedy outside of Hawaii. It's all, like, it's... A comic that is, like, huge in Hawaii, like a local Hawaii comic, would not get the same draw out here, for sure. Because it's different types of jokes. Mm-hmm. People are so used to, like, uh, comics in Hawaii usually do, like, a local pigeon-style comedy. They'll talk about aunties and uncles and cousins and mm-hmm. do some racist jokes about Portuguese or Portuguese folks and uh, mm-hmm. some, like, whatever. Just whatever is local. People always talked about that. Uh-oh. Oh shit! Bonus round. We got the fire alarm going on, but hey, we're gonna keep doing this regardless because that's what we do here. We're we're getting some counter currents, but we're telling the counter currents, "Fuck off!" Yeah, we're real. We're the real wave. We got the whole. We got the Hawaii Five alive in this bitch. What? Spurring up. Uh. So. Overall, when you got here, you had to step it up in comedy. Did you have to step up life, so to speak, though? I mean, in terms of – because that's a big move. So, like, things are they're, – they're a little cheaper here. Not much, right? Oh, no? Oh, no. God. Oh, really? Not being on an island and having shit imported and everything? Well, you only have the resort perspective where, like, you know, it costs $15 for a water. But I'm sure, I mean, D.C. is one of the most expensive cities in the U.S. Yeah, D.C. is not far off from Hawaii prices. But when I was living out there, like, I could get a, I had a room I was renting out for, like, 400 bucks a month. And, like, downtown, right across from Waikiki. And I can't imagine getting a room for 400 
no. anywhere around here at all. Oh, definitely not. Wow. Okay, well, that's another side of it. I mean, I definitely saw, like, people passed out on picnic benches on beaches out there and yeah. shit like that. Um, that said, you know, I'd always been under the assumption, I guess, that, you know, all of Hawaii, same with, like, Alaska being out and the ocean and yeah. everything was going to make shit pricier. Well, anyway, but, like, are you working out here in addition to doing comedy? Like oh, a, yeah. Like a, like a square-ass job? Well, yeah, I work in a gym. Oh, like, really? Yeah, like, full-time, and it's weird. It's because it's <laughs> it's such a weird job because all my coworkers are big personal trainers, and they're all characters and I don't know. So you're at like, what are you doing? Are you at the desk? Yeah, or? Okay. I work the front desk, so I do like a lot of the data entry stuff and phone stuff, and I don't know. I think that's what Steve Simone out in L.A. does. He's yeah. always he's a kind of famous comic. He's always talking about uh, working at the gym and everything. It's a trip. There's a story yeah. every day. It's all sorts of people. Yeah, it sounds like a sitcom. Frankly, like you and a bunch of like very. Type A is the wrong word, but just sort of like uppity personal trainers. And I yeah. feel like a lot, I can see that a lot of them confiding in you for some reason. Uh, they usually confide in me to take video of them working out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Today, this guy was like, hey, did you get some video of me doing headstand push ups? I was like, yeah, all right, sure. And he just did like five of them. Insane looking. Got real red all over the. It's nuts. Wow. You yeah. should tally that up and then make them come video all your comedy in return. I have. They keep asking. I didn't want anyone to know I did comedy at work, and then someone leaked it. I think I left my email open or something. Uh-huh. They're like, Who's, what's this tit thing? What's what's that all about? And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I, I told th- one person. They told everybody. Now they're always asking, when are we going to see you, your show? When are we going to come see you? I just don't tell people when I perform. I ever. found a lot of people say that, that they don't want their coworkers to know that they perform yeah. i feel like it's pretty hard to do with social media pd do your co-workers know yeah they do in fact just earlier today my boss who's cool with it and everything was going around telling another co-worker that this person in the building wants to come around and take pictures of all of us to you know put out on social media and be like oh we got our people hard at work doing the civic duty thing or whatever i told her yo I don't want to do that at all. You could maybe cake one of the back of my motherfucking head, but no, like, sides or fronts or anything like that. I don't want my face on the side of a bus or some shit, you know, <laughs> like, working for you. P.D. Steele, fucking resident scumbag, you know? <laughs> you don't want pe- people to see all the good stuff you're doing Well, there? I don't mind them thinking I'm doing good stuff and all of that, and but, you know, just I don't think it's going to – a race. The, the idea is to not have PD Steel and PD Government ever like sync up. I could see it can't that. be Venn diagrammatic. Yeah. There's no point in having a fucking stage name if everyone knows you're PD Government. You know? Yep, I get you. I get yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that does happen. But um, how, so you, have you been at this gym since you arrived here? No, I worked as a dog. I worked at a military base in Lorton, Virginia for a while. Were you in the military? No, both no. my parents were. Yeah. I never oh. wanted to do it. They oh, always okay. tried to get me. I was like, nope, don't want it. Not for me. Was that your end of the military base, though, doing the work, like as a civilian? Yeah. Well, my mom also worked on that base. 
so she helped me figure out how to get a job on that base and then that all just worked itself out yeah but i was only there for like six seven months mm-hmm. and then i moved into the city okay so what's like the goal down the road for kevin dick because I mean, you're a very funny guy you've really kind of taken off around here i think in so far as just having this sort of goofy kind of long-winded wild style like that fucking i i told people like in the last couple years since it came out that that um joke you do about mozart and shit is like my favorite joke in the city it really is it is one of my top jokes well thank you so do you i mean how far do you want to go with this comedy thing and i don't ask that to be like oh yeah you gotta have a fucking answer and a goal and a plan or to your five-year plan young man or something but just to be like you know what's the idea I just before you answer though, I just want to say I have heard so much about that joke since I started comedy, and I've never seen you perform it because yeah. since the day I started, you were like, I am. You had like just reached that point two years ago when I started comedy when you were sick of telling that joke. That so joke. I have yet to see that joke, and I've heard about it from so, I think every other comedian. But anyway, continue. That's a good joke. I like that joke. <laughs> I was you. I was real stoked when i thought of it because it was just so perfect given like the whole drake and meek mill thing i was like ah this is real funny oh shit mozart and beethoven they like wikipedia like when they were alive i was like oh some of these things cross over and it just was beautiful and that got that joke got me booked on so many cool things so i'm proud of it but also i would get asked to do shows and people would specifically say hey do that joke do that joke and I got tired of that real quick. I'm like, I, I just want to do my shit. And they're like, no, we want you to do this bit. Like, I'm a one-trick pony now. No one cares what else I have to say. They just want to hear this stupid Beethoven. Hey, show. you know, I'll tell you, though. I mean, as a guy that builds his set on, like, a few really hard staple jokes, you know, that I just pack up. I don't like a lot of filler stuff. I barely do filler again unless I absolutely need, like, a little piece of cement to kind of segue bigger yeah. bits i could say that i just happen to love my big jokes you know what yeah. i mean and and the various responses i get because it isn't just they book me you know on these jokes they do but then it's like somebody i might have known for years will say hey you know uh i really love that new train joke you wrote or something i'm like new fucking train joke like jokes like five years old you know but i'm like i could tell this gal that said that you know never was paying attention to me she only liked me for my (laughs) you know whatever well that's what like for now because i haven't done it in so long every now and then like if i'm in a different city where no one's ever seen me i'm like i could pull this joke out it's fun again yeah. But then when I come back here, sometimes I'll do it, and then it won't hit the way it used to, and then I'll get all self-conscious, like, fuck, maybe I lost it, maybe the joke's dead. I know, and I've felt that way, too, about some of mine, but on the other hand, I just tell myself, hey, you know what, that person's sick of it, when are they written a joke that fucking good? <laughs> Name me one cold thing they've said, I doubt you can. You know? <laughs> well, but I'm a that dick like confidence. that. Nah, you'll get it. You're, one day. You're, you're getting there. But, um, uh, as far as plans yeah. end game yeah i just want to 
pay my rent. That's okay. it. I don't want to Kevin Hart it. I don't want to fucking Eddie. I don't want to blow up or anything. I just want to give it's like a writing job or whatever it is. I just want to pay my rent and do the shit I like doing. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah, you seem like that way, like a free spirit. I'm a very free spirit. Yeah. I'm a thought ass hoe. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm a thought ass hoe. I'm a fucking 401k kind of fucking guy. I'm like a corporate fucking vassal. You know, when I'm not doing this comedy shit, I'm like, I need this safety net if I'm going to keep writing these motherfucking bangers, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I used to be very like, I want to be famous, and I want to be this huge name, and then after, I mean, what, I've been working in entertainment now almost 14 years, I would say, pay my rent is a great place to be. Oh, because yeah. even when you're, like, working a lot, you know, there are times where it'll fall off and you'll be between jobs and you can't pay your rent for a while. So yeah. paying your rent consistently, I think, is the best way to approach anything entertainment. And that really is like ultimate success. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all I want. Just pay my goddamn rent. Don't yeah. want to <laughs> have to keep transferring money in my account when I'm going to the grocery store and stuff like that. Just want it nice, clean. Yeah. And just to keep it going. Yep. I also want to ask you about your tattoos Uh-oh. because there's a lot of people that have a lot of tattoos, right? For those of you that don't know Kevin, if you look at him up, he has tattoos up and down his arms, but they're actually very good tattoos versus <laughs> I feel like a lot of tattoos I see are not that good, but these are actually like, I think very nicely drawn and stuff. Do you have like a guy or do you oh, yeah. design them yourself? Or? That's my buddy, uh. My buddy Matt. Call him DP. That's what it says on his shorts right there. Oh, okay. DP. It stands for Dick Pump. I don't know why they called him that. Okay. I knew him about two weeks before I got this tattoo. Didn't really know him well. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was kind of a joke. I thought it'd be funny. I went on the Big Island. I got a tattoo in my friend's house and then came back to Oahu. I was like, hey, guy I barely know. Look at this. I got you on my body. And he got freaked out. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> right. But who did? But who does them though? Do you oh, have, like it's a all tattoo random. guy. Just it's friends. all really. That this that guy was done by my friend uh, Alina. She's not even like a tattoo artist. She just did it in her home in the Big Island. Most of the other ones are done by my friends who are now tattoo artists, but they just practice on me. Mm. I think that's maybe what it what it must be like. People who were going to be tattoo artists, but they actually like put in a lot of effort or something. Because oh, yeah. I feel like. A lot of people, you know, it's just sort of like one and done tattoos. You just see a lot of shitty tattoos is my point. I mean, a lot of these, they probably would be embarrassed to say they did them now that they've been doing it for a while. But Oh, I like them a lot. I I only have one tattoo and it's, I thought about it for years. And it says there's no place like home on the inside of my foot. And when I went to go get it, the guy was like, I won't do this because it fades if you do a, a tattoo in the inside of your foot because of your shoes, yeah. it'll fade out. And I was like, that won't happen to me. Do it anyways. And it fade, in like three months, it faded. So then I had to keep going and getting it Ooh. done yeah. for like years. I mean, at like four years, it was like every few months I had to go and get it redone. Oof. And I was like, of course I got the most high maintenance tattoo of yeah. all time. And so now it's just kind of like ugly and faded because I'm just too, there's so much other stuff I got to do to keep this it's in line. I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. Forget it. What about you, PD? Any tattoos? No. And the reason being is there's too many I've wanted. 
in my mind. Like there's days I'm kind of slightly narcissistic depending on the day and the weather. Um, so I'll sit there, look in my fucking vanity mirror at home, and I'm going, no, I look really good with like a lion right here on my big ass shoulder or a DC flag on the opposite one or a portrait of me and my mother or that I'm fucking this or fucking that. I've literally gone through 150 however many different visions so I'm like no one has addictive of a person I am no good. Like one and it's going to be too many and a yeah. thousand oh, will they never are be enough. Addicting. Yep, you get one you're like oh it's painful I'll never do it again and then as soon as it's done after a couple hours like I can go back and get some more. That's what happened to my dad. My dad had a couple, uh-huh. and then now his like both arms and legs are just sleeves. Yeah, I had more than he did at one point, and then he just poof, got hooked. Wow, and just covered his body. I gotta tell the fucking the bros that my dumbass kid learned it from someone. The <laughs> 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 weird thing about it, like, my dad's this big dude from Pittsburgh, and uh, he's been living in Hawaii for a while now. So his, all his tattoos are like sleeves of dragons and like almost uh polynesian stuff mixed in with like pittsburgh steelers shit oh yeah i was just gonna say is there like jack lambert in there uh, or something he's got like the like i think the trophy the super bowl trophy Uh plus like every year they've won oh wow that's a lot there's a lot of yeah and then i think he was in the process of doing it right i'm not even sure I think it is. The last one was 06. I remember I was bouncing when okay. they won. And I was and they like, beat the Seahawks. And this drunk-ass Steelers fan gave me this shirt that said, the, where was Ray Lewis when Joey Porter got shot scoring dope from his teammate? It was like a big old caricature. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> but uh, he got really loaded. They were drinking these Steelermeisters. And this is back when I drank. So this was a great. What's a Steelermeister? Okay, so I hated Jaeger, but we always took, you know, redheaded sluts like the Jaeger with, um, what's the shit they dump in? A fireball, I think. Um, Jaeger and Fireball. Yeah, red-headed sluts. That's Woo. what they used to call them. So there was this awesome drink called the Steelermeister, and there was a Steelers fan contingency that would go to my old bar in Glover Park, and they had to bring their own A&W root beer because they didn't have it in a little bar gun, you know? Yeah. And so they would go to the CVS up the corner, bring this stuff, and it just tasted like a shot of root beer. And you didn't taste any of the Jaeger. It was priceless, and it got you so fucked up. We, Sounds they like would it. take them every time. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, so one of them got loaded and said, the shirt's yours, man, you know, just threw it at me and i had it for about 12 years <laughs> yeah, God damn. Yeah, yeah. so they've they've got a rich history i gotta say um as a lifelong redskins fan i have to somewhat admire the steelers just for all their they're huge yeah they're the, uh, they're the most popular team right in the in nfl the li- i don't think so no uh, I think they're they're right behind the Dallas Cowboys. I just know this because in Mexico the NFL is huge, and obviously people aren't really attached to any team. They just sort of pick one. Yeah. And the Steelers are yeah. one one of the bigger ones behind the Cowboys. Cowboys. Just Cowboys, I think, just because of proximity. I think at all the popularity there, but I think I read it's like I think the Cowboys are like one of the biggest sports franchises. Makes in the world, sense. I see Cowboys gear everywhere. 
like including Hawaii, but I see a lot more Steelers in Hawaii. And I wonder if that's because of, well, I think Paul Malu, Paul Malu. Paul Malu, yeah. For while he was out there, mm-hmm. I think that was real big. Oh, huge. Anyone who's like from Hawaii or has any like Polynesian roots that gets huge, that becomes a huge star in the mainstream, people in Hawaii love him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bruno Mars, freaking uh, Jack Johnson, any of those dudes. They go back to Hawaii, they're like, almost gods were people in hawaii really into usc football at points just because i remember when i went to usc it was like the football team was the championship football team and the entire defensive line were polynesian guys huge Could polynesian guys yeah i mean i didn't really follow football like that but right. football is a huge sport like my brother right. plays uh high school football and he gets scouted. like it, there's such a huge football culture out there i know yeah and so i imagine that anywhere that has someone from there you got a gang of people just right. supporting that team right i'm with you i'm not that into football either i sort of had to be in college just because of again proximity but i still don't fully understand the game oh i i played i played oh, all really? the sports i get how to play the sports i just don't follow teams oh wow I'm not invested in the so you played varsity football and not everything? varsity oh. i just played as like growing up oh, my growing dad up, had me in sports kid. yeah 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 basketball that's... for 12 years football for like a few four or five soccer for two years were you really a competitive person i was good at sports and i just had fun yeah but as soon i think i phased out of it in like the eighth grade because like there was a basketball game that my mom wanted me to go to and i didn't want to go i just wanted to like go skate or something and then i went to it and then i ended up getting my mouth busted open i lost a tooth and everything and i just remember being bummed out like i didn't want to be here everyone's Everyone sucks, and they're like all assholes because they're, oh, we got to win this game. And like, I don't care about this game. And I just kind of got out of competitive sports huh. after that. Oh, team sport. I still like to play in, like, pickup games and shit like that. But as far as organized leagues go, I just don't care. Now, and you're how old exactly? Around? 29. 29. So, as a youth in Hawaii, get playing, you, playing fucking sports. And having a last name like Tit, did you get ridiculed a bunch for that or not really? No, my last name's not actually Tit. Oh, really? Yeah, like we were just talking Tit's about government names. Name? Yeah, it's not Sweet. real. Sweet. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's fake. Oh, wow. It's all fake. Oh, good. Uh, no, I as mean, far I'm, as you know. Hey, I'm I'm cool if it's real or whatever. It's a great stage name, though. It came from my old punk band in high school. We were called The Substitutes, and we were just really into the idea of... There's this other band called, like, the 86 List, and everyone in the band would be, like, first name 86, second name, or first name, 86 is everyone's last name. Okay. So we're like, oh, we're a punk band. We need a cool little yeah, yeah. names. So Substitutes was three syllables. Drummer was Joe Subs. I became Kevin Titt and Will Toot. And I like that's it. That's how it started. And then wow. from there, it, everyone assumed it was something different. Oh, that's perfect. So if you ever did want to have like a square ass nine to five, you know, you just go it back couldn't to look your me up. Yeah. government name. Yeah. All right. Fuck yeah. Good. I've never heard a stage name as cool as Tit now that I've heard that. Before I was saying, oh, I'd never heard a you know, real name as cool as Tit. There was actually a guy in my high school whose last name was Titterington and people called him Tits all the time. Hey, tits. And I almost felt like I was ripping him off, but <laughs> Well, 
So at your job at the gym, you go by your real name. Yes. Oh, okay. And do you have social media for your real name? Like, do you have no. two accounts and stuff? No. It's all all the stuff on the internet is under tit. It's on, yep, fake. Oh, yep, that's real government. Me is no right. concern with social media at all. Right. That's cool. That's cool. And do you still play in punk bands now? Yep. What bands do you play in? I play in a band called Chill Parents. Chill Parents. Yeah. That's cool. And what's the punk scene like in DC? Crazy good. Really? Big. Yeah. Like some. Well. DC has a huge history in hardcore, like giant. Minor Threat was one of the biggest bands to ever do Boom. it in DIY. From here, I think uh, Georgetown McKay. area. Yeah, yeah, he lives Glover in Mount Park. Pleasant now. Henry Rollins is from He's here. From out here, Bad Brains was this mm-hmm. fucking four black dudes. Yeah, blew the whole shit up. Yep. from DC. DC was the deal with late punk 70s. rock, late seventies, early eighties, up through even the mid nineties. And I, I've still performed. Bands. There's still bands, Not I guess. Stop. I know All they the take them at a slash run and stuff. Where we slash run has a ton of shows. Yep. Um, but that said, I mean, I don't think it even closely compares to what it was in its heyday, right? No, it's crazy because it does? I went to a show at a, wow this band Bus Stuff that I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. I saw them. The first time I saw him was at their last show, and it was at St. Stephen's Church off 16th sure. and uh, Newton. Big church mm-hmm. filled with kids, like, from probably 16 up to 30. And, it, the like, 400 kids. People were just jumping off stage, standing on top of each other, all for – and it was a mixed show, too. They were, like, the only punk band. Mm-hmm. There was, like, hip-hop acts, and then there was, like, full bands and – like uh, R&B-ish type shit. It's cool. It's very diverse. And the kids are still stoked on shit. Back in my day, there was this thing. It's still there. It was a stage up by Wilson High School in Fort Reno Park. It's they still do shows there every summer. Do they still yep. do them? Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't just starting seen up them. right now. I've not driven by there and seen a show during the summer, but I've rapped on that stage before back <laughs> when I was in high school and stuff. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, a bunch of my buddies were in different bands around the area and everything, um, and there were some punk rock bands and then some just regular, like, you know, I don't know if I'd call them alternative, but just rock bands or whatever. Yeah. Well, DC is pretty good about splitting the bill up, or they yeah. were, because back when Minor Threat was going on, they'd play shows like Chuck Brown and the Go-Go Band mm-hmm. from time to time. Yeah, they would have me go up there and do the overnight scenario and rap all that shit because I was the only honky that knew the verses. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, DC has got a very, very rich music scene. Mm-hmm. Still always has and still does. Vastly unrecognized, but... We, yeah. Well, not in, I mean, Maybe not in Hawaii. They know us in Hawaii. Yeah, well... <laughs> as far as punk goes, people just know DC. Yeah. Like oh yeah. Hub. In punk, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. It's just not. I mean, even in Black America, like if you go to other cities and stuff, occasionally they'll have heard of a few Go Go bands. At least like Chuck Brown and EU and stuff. But it's very rare you'll know you'll meet ones that know like Backyard or Junkyard or yeah. Huckabucks and all that. That's really special when you run into somebody like anywhere else in the u.s go-go scene is that i don't know much about it i still try to ask people like where are the go-go shows that's that, what i've heard they're in like, parks now generally okay they show up at cookouts picnics you can see them on youtube occasionally they'll have them at like a club or whatever but i 
not like back in the day, like at the Ibex, which was a big thing up there on um, military in Missouri. Okay. And that was a thing where a cop got shot. Oh, shit. Yeah. At a show? Um, outside in his car, he was he fell asleep, and he got killed, and then they shut it down the next day. But that was Whoa. the big fucking place, one of them up until 96 when that Damn. happened. I had actually never even heard of Go-Go because I wasn't from here until I was visiting my now husband when we were dating. On 4th of July, we went to a Foo Fighters concert, uh-huh. and they had all their openers were Go-Go bands. And Makes I was like, sense. what is this? This is the coolest thing. And I didn't even realize that they were. I mean, I feel like in California, you just associate Dave Grohl with being from Seattle. But oh, then yeah. I started he's reading up a lot. And he's like very much from like here. And the whole show. Or something? Yeah, I think so. He brought it, his mom is a public school teacher. He brought his mom up. Yeah. I mean, it was a very like DC proud show. Yeah. He used to play in this really, really good punk band called Scream. And it's, I think they're much better than Nirvana. Wow. But, you know, the, like, like you said, D.C. has a lot, but not a lot of people really dig into it or get to know about it, I guess. I don't know. I didn't for the longest time. Right. Well, I feel like a lot of that stuff is undercover in D.C. Like, even when I started doing comedy, I all my first shows I did in New York because I just figured there wasn't anything here. I lived here for two yeah. months or something. And then I went to a show here and I was like, these people are so much better than the shit I've been doing in New York. And then I just, you know, it just, like, rolled from there. I still feel that way, too, when I go to L.A. and New York. I'm like, D.C., I wouldn't, I, personally, I don't want to move to either of those cities Me neither. Yet, I'm the same way. Only, everyone's good here, and I like being yeah. out here. I'm, look, I'm biased as a motherfucker. I'm never moving from this city. I don't give a fuck. Honestly, I think we are the best. I go any other city in this country, tear shit up. It's no thing, and... I've been here forever. This is what I know, and it's, hey, one day we may go to war, and I'll be there to catch the bomb, because if this place <laughs> goes, I'm not sticking around. I can tell you what. Yeah. There's no point in me being around without this city. Well, shit. I mean, I don't know if you feel that strongly about I'm it. I'm not from here. Yeah, right, know, right. But, but, I mean, seriously. Yeah, cross the bridge. Yeah, yeah. But no, like I, I honestly believe the comedy scene out here is just as good, if not better, than L.A. New. And I only say that because it's compact, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's much smaller, and I don't know. Just going to L.A. It was so weird to go to like a mic and see like sixty people there, comics waiting for this one mic, and there's like five other mics around the city happening at the same time probably with just as many people with too many people yeah i think i think la or new york is great if you're like in that one upper elite tier that gets to yeah, perform at jobs, every yeah at every then, comedy club and doing 15 minutes four yeah. times a night at like full packed places and you, but if you're not in that top tier i think or even this is the place like to be a meet. writing job or just any kind of entertainment job that's right. a good reason to be out there but if you're right. just out there going from mic to mic to mic to like you would do out here think it's a waste of maybe it's not a waste of time i don't know i just personally couldn't see myself i mean i lived in la for a really long time and i would say all the time in my first year i cannot imagine starting out comedy in los angeles because the just the driving alone that you would have to do like i I mean i get it in new york like you're just performing in front of other comics but in la like i know for a fact like people who live in la don't go to comedy shows like even if you go to the comedy store and the improv like most of the audience is tourists 
Yeah. And like I would occasionally go to that stuff, and you know, it's not usually people that live there. Which I feel like in New York, some you get a little bit more New Yorkers that go to stuff. Yeah. And people in D.C. are like, "There's an open mic next door. I'll I'll go to that." And watch these people that I've never heard of. And I think that alone makes the scene so much stronger. Yeah. And it just and makes everybody better so much faster. D.C. isn't a city full of people trying to make it in entertainment. Yeah. Whereas like L.A. New York, most of the people living there are trying to get themselves up and out right. there. So they don't. Why would I spend time sitting at a comedy show? I could be trying to make my own career. Right. Exactly. And I say that to people all the time. They're like, oh, you know, well, after a certain amount of years and I'm going to go to New York or go to L.A. And then you just start doing open mics again after you're like six years into comedy. I don't think that's the way. Yeah. There's certain do it. Like a couple of people have left here. I've seen them in New York and L.A. And like, oh, they're on good shows. Right. Seem like they're doing well. But then there's some other people. That I'll talk to, be like, oh, I'm gonna go out there and do it. Like, dog, name names. Oh no, I'm fucking. Oh no way. Nah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I could believe that. Um, so we definitely want to big up the DC comedy scene at all times as the greatest nationally, and that includes some great shows we have coming up at the DC Draft House uh, this week, starting with Thursday. The 19th, Jokes That Give Back, a stand-up comedy show, 7 p.m. You can buy tickets online at drafthousecomedy.com. Also, the Broadway show, all-female review, hosted by my friend Frankie French, uh, July the 19th, also at 8.45 p.m. Also buy tickets, drafthousecomedy.com. Uh, over the weekend, the 20th and 21st, both 7 and 9 o'clock, Michael Costa from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah in Comedy for Attractive People at Draft House Comedy. Um, yeah. Oh, Comedy for Attractive Okay, that's his fucking punctuation on this goddamn website. Anyway, um, Michael Costa, remember that. And then Attack of the Comics Comedy Show on Friday the 20th as well as the... Open mic, three guys on Saturday the 21st, 1045. Um, I will be at the uh, Attack of the Comics comedy show. I'm booked for that. And you can pretty much guarantee I'll be on the Saturday night one too because things no run me. And, um, you know, uh, what do you got coming up, Kevin? Uh, Remember, this is dropping on the... 15th, 16th. 16th, yes. Um, I got stuff, but I don't want to <laughs> take... It's not happening here, so I don't want to say anything. No, 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 no. Big that shit up. Well, well I do. Um, I have a monthly show, Songbird just gave me, because uh, I started this thing called Punk House Comedy, which yeah. is how I throw comedy shows in punk houses where they normally just have bands play all the time. Fuck yeah. So I'd invite six comics and then have a band open and close out the show. Mm-hmm. And Songbird just asked me to start doing it there monthly. Because nice. it's kind of hard to keep consistent with different people letting me use their house. Mm-hmm. So now uh, I'm doing that on the July 20th. Right. Which is, there's so much going on that day too. It's yeah. Like Comedy district things going on. That night, I'm or in the early part, I'm going to be doing uh, Reggie Melbro's show, um, 
my first, my last, my everything. And the the Wonderland one? Yeah, and that's like yeah. a thing where you talk about your first album you ever bought as a kid or whatever, and then the last thing you bought, and then your favorite or your everything album. So for those who aren't going to make it, let me just tell you, it's Appetite for Destruction, Pusher T's Daytona, and Main Source's Breaking Adams. Ah, that new Daytona. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom. So, um... Yeah, but I wish I could be at that punk house one because I've been meaning to go to that. That seems really interesting. Um, you know, Eric Dorian's the headliner. He's, yeah, of that he's doing one, this right? month. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my friend uh, Maddie Gross, who's a new she's addition on there to the too, scene, yeah. very funny. Yeah, yeah, she's great, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll get her on sometime soon on this podcast. But um, you got that going on, punk house on the twentieth, and then what else? Uh, just oh, I'm hosting uh, for Mary Mac at okay. the DC Comedy Club, but that's I don't know if that'll be it's this Wednesday and Thursday, so tomorrow and Thursday. This oh yeah, nah. So this yeah. will have already happened. They were great shows, incredible. They were amazing. So if you were there, yeah. Cartoon Network was like, Kevin, we saw you. We're if you were there, you know what the fuck he's talking about, and if you weren't, shame on you. Yep. Cool, Lena. What do you got? Off the top of my head, what I remember right now is on the 27th, uh, I'm doing the showcase on Friday at Summers, so that'll be pretty good, nice. and I think, I think, uh, I should be on the Broadway show here at DC Draft House, uh, so that'll be cool. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. Well, fun, fun. Well, Kevin, we definitely want to thank you for stopping in to share some of your good humor and merriment here hey thanks for having me always my pleasure and uh where can people get at you on social media you just look up kevin tid on the internet anywhere just <laughs> google it there's one kevin there's only tid. one me like, fuck yeah same goes with Petey steel um there have been copycats without the y on the end but you know they just don't have as much masculinity to spare as me <laughs> so that's what it is um uh, there are a fuckload of Elena Torres's, but I'm the only one on Twitter, so you guys can tweet at me at Elena Torres. No ifs, ands, or buts, no ones, no dashes, no nothing, just Elena Torres, I'm the only one. Uh, on Instagram, I was a little late to the game, so I'm Elena Blondita on Instagram. And then Facebook, I'm also just Elena Torres, so that's fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, um... You know how to find us. And remember, to all listeners, please do follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and our Facebook page. And any new follows, we'll be in the running for a couple of pairs of free tickets to Michael Costa over the course of the weekend. So you don't want to fuck this up, guys. Uh, Thanks again to Kevin Titt for coming through. And peace out.